Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to All Stats Aren't We, a podcast in which Leeds fans cast their combined eye over goings on at Ellen Road, giving scrutiny to the underlying statistics and tactical footings at work at Leeds United. I'm Tom Oldson and today I'm joined by Martin Riley. Martin, how are you? Um, I'm okay. Uh, some things didn't go right for me in the, in the last few days, as listeners will be aware of. I was meant to be going on holiday and I should have been on holiday for all this weekend going to Mallorca. Um, however, um, thanks to Apparently, the Isle of Man airport being closed, our flight was cancelled, and there was no alternate flights which we could take. It was only going to be a four-day stay, and the next one was like two days later, so it just wouldn't have been worth it. would have missed half the holiday. So, just didn't end up going, and we're going to be doing something a bit later on in the year instead. Um, to replace it, I'm thinking of, we're thinking of going to Germany to watch some football. Very nice. Possibly, possibly Dortmund, with them being the twin city for Leeds. I think, feel that makes the most sense. But yeah, but other than that, I'm I'm doing okay. Um, I've not actually eaten yet today, so maybe maybe low on performance, but I'm gonna be eating after, after this pod. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, that's that's two negatives. Then obviously your holiday is absolutely awful, but the, the listeners won't be able to know who, what you've eaten for your tea. Which um, the, the, this is the only reason they're here, Martin. It's true. I, I better say what I'm going to eat then, um, rather than what what I've already eaten. Um, we're going to be having chicken in white sauce with mashed potato and some veg. Very nice. Sounds good. How about you? Uh, how about you? How are you, Tom? I'm good. Yeah, I um, I went I went to watch Stockport play Preston yesterday in pre-season, which means I've officially spent loads more attention to Stockport's pre-season than I have Leeds. But I can claim that I'm scouting Preston North End for uh, Leeds purposes for that one. Yeah, and Preston didn't look great to be honest. wasn't wasn't too impressed. They Stockport won two 0 So fingers crossed that's a good season to come for Stockport. I'm. In terms of my, my dinner, I had pulled pork and chips, so it's pretty, it's quite beige, but I, I, I very much enjoyed it. Probably should have put some veg on there, but we can do that next time. 
Pulled pork is, is one of my favourites. Um, yeah, I haven't had it for a long time, actually. But um, actually, saying that, um, when I was in the airport, I actually had a burger with a little bit of pulled pork on it. It was the tiniest bit of pulled pork you've ever seen on this burger. But the burger the burger itself was nice. But yes, more food that I've eaten, but yes. <laughs> yeah, it reminded the way it was. It was, it was like, cause it was pulled pork from like a packet in this, not a packet, but like a box in the supermarket. So very much the chips that I had with it, it was very much like Weatherspoon's vibes, which isn't what you always want, but I very much enjoyed nonetheless. No, that'll do, that'll do. Let's get into the news then. So there's been a couple of friendlies since we last recorded. The first one was Nottingham Forest on, was it Thursday? Yeah, Thursday, yeah. In Burton for some reason. Yeah. I believe. (laughs) Um, Random place. Did you... Did you watch this one, Martin? I did, yes. Um, yeah, I'll just talk a little bit about it. It was a, it was a decent game. Um, Forest were a bit poor, to, to be fair. I think they're earlier in their preseason um, than than what we are. So maybe they've still got some things to work on. And I think it was like a mix between some younger players and some senior players. So, um, but still, we did do a good job. They didn't really have any big chances throughout the whole game, which is always a good thing. Um, and ourselves in possession, we generally dominated the ball, and we did struggle to create in the first half, but I think that sort of improved as, as the game went on in the second half. Um, the first goal was um, caused through some good pressing, um, and ended with Bamford being one-on-one with the goalkeeper, and he rolled his foot over the ball, took it past the goalkeeper, and just slotted it in. So yeah, it, it was very calm in front of the goal. I, I like that from Paddy. And then the um, second goal, Trying to think what the second goal was now because I've just got today's game in my head. But either way, um, <laughs> we won 2 0 and they, they didn't look close to threatening us. Um, but yeah, so I be- guess I better talk about today's game as well. Yeah, I'll, that was my next question anyway, so you'll just keep going. I'll let, I'll let you go. Yeah, so so today's was against Hearts, um, which we won 1 0. Um, and Seagull was decent, decently crafted. Um, Somerville slotted through Ailing, who was running into the box. Um, and it, it was, I'm not sure if it was a shot or if he was trying to pass it along to Bamford, who was also running into the box. But either way, um, it, it went past the goalkeeper. One of their defenders tried to keep it out and weren't successful. It was given as an own goal, but I don't think it was an own goal. It was Ailing who should have scored that. But yeah, it was, again, decent sign from today. We dominated possession again. The hearts were pretty poor, to be honest. Um, didn't really cause us one chance, which they had in the second half. But that was it again. So we'd, at least we're doing a good job of holding possession, and we could have scored a lot more than what we did. Um, there was one disallowed Dan James goal, which, because Bamford was making run into the box, and I think he was expecting James to cross it or just do a pass in, in field to him, but um, he shot instead, and Bamford was that kind of just making his run, and he was sort of blocking the goalkeeper's view and offside at the same time. So even though he didn't touch it, he was given offside, and because he was obstructing the keeper... But there's a lot of good signs about these past two friendlies. Lots of good rotations between the midfield players. And again, we saw the left-back inverting, which was a Leo Hielde again today. And he again had a good performance. So I'm more and more being, being comfortable that he could do a really good job for us this year. And since he already had experience with the league last year with Rotherham. So I think it could be his breakout season for us. And I'm looking forward to that. Um, Somerville was also very good, I felt. Uh, he had a lot of threats, especially in transition, as we normally expect. But also, when we were in consolidated possession, he was do- doing a good job of keeping hold of the ball. Same as some said for Sinister on, on the other side. So, yeah, there was just a lot, lot to like about the performance today, and I'm hoping it continues. Just 
some more. <laughs> I think if we had some more people who were a bit more clinical up front, then we may have scored a few more. And I think there's also some issues from, with injuries that have come from today as well. I'm not sure if you saw about those. Yeah, that was going to be my next question, actually. So, uh, Ruter and Bamford both went off with in- injuries. Yeah. And Matteo Joseph was end of the game up front. Is that correct? Yes, he did. So, yeah, that's a worrying one. Maybe that might accelerate our bid for a striker because that's what Graham Smith and Phil Hay think that we're in for. Do you reckon? It's possible. I mean, um, I don't think either of the injuries will be long-term ones, hopefully. Um, Rutter, I think he's some sort of muscle in his side, one of his core muscles. So I'm not sure if it's an ab. Or, at first, I thought it was a, a rib injury because he was kind of holding his side, but I'm guessing it could have been one of his um, tendons around his abs, maybe, that, that his pulls. I'm not sure what the recovery time on, on that is like. And Spampert one was a weird one because at first everyone thought it was going to be a, a head injury because he was sort of going for a ball and the Forest player put a foot up to get it and caught him in the face. But as he was falling down from that, he put his hand to his hamstring. It was just strange. <laughs> so And it's just turned out that the injury is going to be to the hamstring. So I'm guessing it'll, it'll probably keep both of them out, out of the game for Cardiff unless it, one of them is a lot less serious than it looked. But we'll soon see, but I'm hoping it does accelerate us into bringing in a striker because we needed one before this anyway. So if maybe they're only an hour over whether to pay a little bit more for Joel Perot, it's possible they may pull the trigger on that one. And there's also been um, links for us to an, another striker as well, uh, Joe Polanpolo. I'm probably saying that name awfully. Uh, 28-year-old uh, Finnish striker from the uh, Serie B. I forget which side he plays for, but um, he's another one who scored quite a few goals in Serie B last season. I think he scored 19 goals last season. Right. So he can definitely find the back of the net. So that's another one who we've been linked to. But we'll just have to see what happens between now and next Sunday. I would expect at least one more signing between now and then, but just depends where it's going to be. Yeah, that, that that was one of the other points I was going to bring on the running order. That there's obviously we've signed Carl Darlow, but um, well, let's talk about Carl Darlow first. Then we'll go on to the other transfer news. Then, so what, I guess we've we've all known about this for a while. But what what do you make of that one? Um, I'm reasonably happy with the signing. I think he'll be fine for this level. He had a very good season with Hull last season on loan, and I think we we spoke about him in the um, scouting episodes over the summer. And I watched a few games of him. Well, I say a few games. I watched about five games worth of, of his saves. I just sort of focused on the saves rather than anything like that. You can find where those are on tape quite easily. So you can just go back and look at them. And I think he should be a solid shot stopper. I don't think he'll be as good in possession as what um, Melier will be. And I've, I think what we're going for here is um, a goalkeeper who would be good enough to be first choice if anyone does sign Melier. But maybe we'll be happy enough to be back up in in, in the interim because I think Melier is a one who a lot of fans were expecting to be sold this summer. So if he does end up being sold, then it can be first choice. But if he doesn't, then maybe he will end up being back up. But we'll just have to see how that goes through the season because Melier did start again today. I think people may have been expecting to see Dallas today. Maybe that is an indication of what's going to happen against Cardiff. But we'll see what happens. Maybe he just need some pre-season time and a bit, bit more knowledge as to what he's wanting to do in possession because Melier did have quite a heavy involvement today, actually. Um, in, in possession, they were using him in, in, in the middle of the free to build up. So he was, he was being used quite heavily in build-up was Melier, especially in the, in the first half and early in the second half. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out. 
Yep, and so on on the other signings then, so I guess Kamara is probably the, the next one we might expect through. There's probably the most noise about him. And then centre centre back seem to be quite high up the agenda for the 49ers as well. So um, Nat Phillips is still knocking about as a rumour. And I think we the first noise I saw today was about, is it Harwood Bellis from Man City? Yeah. So do you know? Do you have any opinion on him at all? I've not watched him to be honest. Um, that's all, that that link's only come through in the last days, so and I've been a bit busy. <laughs> um, yeah, that's fair. But yeah, and but he did well for. I think he was he was at Berlin last year, wanting on loan, and I think he played quite heavily for them and got quite a lot of game time. I'm not sure if he, maybe he's expecting to get a move higher up than Championship this time. It's possible, um, but the rumored fee is around 15 million, um, which is quite a. a hefty amount spend um, but it would be a top quality centre back by most people who I know who have watched him see that he is quite a good player I'm not as convinced with Nat Phillips but if he is going to be a lot cheaper then that's possibly why he'll end up coming in because so far we haven't sold anyone um, barring a few million for Rodrigo and that, whatever it was for Tyler Roberts as well so we've not really brought in anybody. 500k yeah <laughs> We've not brought in anything, really, so um, I wonder if some outgoings will have to happen before we do sign someone big, but we'll see what happens with those. Yeah, I definitely agree with that on um, Nat Phillips. I'm not massively convinced on him. On Howard Bellis, he's actually the nephew of the uh, president of Stockport County, so nice little link for, for just me there. Not none of you guys, but just the nice little link for me. No, that's cool. Oh, yeah, and he's, he's uh, he captains the under twenty ones as well, doesn't he? Uh, the Finky when they won the Euros, so God, there's clearly a good player there. Yeah, he's been keeping Charlie Crestfall out of the under twenty ones, hasn't he? A, a bit, I think, for England. So yeah, um, captaining that team and, and they did quite well with him at the back. So I wouldn't have any problem with that. That unless what there's not any more news then is is there that I can think of? Nothing else that I, I can think of. No, I think we've about covered it. Good stuff. So we will move on to the main topic of the podcast today then, which is a preview of the Cardiff City game. So this season, as we're splitting up the reviews and previews again, we're going to sort of flesh out the previews a bit bit more, um, ask a few more questions and just make sure we give a thorough analysis of a opposition team and a more, yeah, again, a more, a more hopefully bring a more substantial preview of the match rather than sort of having it bolted onto the end of the podcast as usual. So yeah, we've got a fair few more questions and this is the yeah, this is the format we'll go for for these podcasts where we haven't got an opposition fan to talk to because we're hoping to get that sorted in the next couple of weeks um to give a, a preview of a couple of games. So these are the ones where me and Martin have tried to well, me any of the All Stats on We podcasters have tried to work out what is going on for an opposition team. And that was particularly difficult for this one, as we will find out. So, the first thing I'm going to do um, is what, what I would normally do at this point is I'd look at any recent res- results and form, anything that's changed recently for a club. But as it's the start of the season, there's no real results and form to go on. But what what I'm going to do instead is I'm going to give an overview of Cardiff's transfer business and their new manager er- Errol Bullet um, at this point. So they've had a couple of incomings, Cardiff. The three that will stand out to people that follow Leeds or follow the championship at all um, will be Yako uh, Mite, who scored 42 goals in 156 championship games for Reading between 2016 and 2023. 
Aaron Ramsey, who doesn't really need any introduction, really. And then Carlin Grant, who is a forward best known for his time at Huddersfield and West Brom. And Errol Bullock then, so as a player, he played left-back or left-wing-back and was most most notably played for Fenerbahce between 1995 and 1999, winning the league when he was there for one uh, one year. And then he played around a large number of clubs in Europe for one or two years until he retired in 2012. More importantly, on his um, manager side then, so he took his first managerial job in October 2017, uh, at Yeni Malayatspor, I've made a butcher of that, but hopefully it's about right. Um, which was in Turkey, or he's only managed in Turkey before Cardiff, I will say. So he uh, was there from October 2017 till April 2019 for 69 games and didn't have a great record, so a win percentage of 39%. He then moved on to Allianzspor um, in August 2019, uh, was there for a year, won f- um, 52% of his games there before moving on to Fenerbahce from August 2020 to the 25th of March 2021, where he managed a win percentage of 61% of his games before being sacked because I think they weren't as high up in the league as they were expected to be. And then his last club club, his last club was Gaziantep, so that was from May 2021 until January of this year where he won just 32% of his game. So, yeah, all in Turkey. Um, or a bit of a range of clubs, though, from the like top of the table to a more middle and lower lower clubs. So, Martin, we, we watched a couple of bits of the, uh, games from first his time at Fenerbahce when he was expected to be a more dominant side and then uh, Gaziantep, we watched him the team play Galatasaray and we just to kind of get a better feel of what we might expect next Saturday. So, I'll come to you for, uh, first, Martin, on what can we expect about Errol Bullock's sides in possession? Yeah, um, the, they were an interesting side to watch. Um, pretty familiar to us. It had a very Jesse Marsh feel, um, to say the least. Um, in possession, either, well, they have a four-two-three-one shape or a three-four-three. I'm not really sure what that's going to be. He's played a couple of different things like, like that in pre-season with Cardiff, so that'd be a four-two-three-one or a three-four-three, something along those lines. But I think he has, over his history, played probably more four-two-three-one than anything. So I think that's possibly what I'm leaning towards how he'll play. And um, they're pretty direct in possession, and um, they do look to cross the ball a lot so they generally do have a target man and I think Cardiff have at least one player who can, can play in that sort of way so and I think they've also been linked to um, who is it that they've been, they've been linked to that big lad uh, Keith Moore that's it Keith Moore yes yeah so the, the, they generally look to bypass the midfields uh, quite often and look to build up in wide areas um, I say build up it's generally not a massive amount of build up it's usually just a few spot shot passes and it looks soon, soon to get pressed or look to find a winger in, sp- in space either on the opposite side or further down the line and the, he did like to create a lot of chances from set pieces so I think that is something that we have to watch out for but we'll talk about that later on um, but yeah the that's all I can really say about them in possession there's not really a whole lot to the play which we saw yesterday really um, the play play with width, they have the fullbacks getting forwards on occasion, um, but not constantly. But they do they do still get, get involved at times. So yeah, it's going to be a lot of focus on wide areas and crossing. Is what I expect most of in possession. 
they think of anything that, that I missed there which you saw? No, they weren't they weren't very exciting possession, were they? It was very much go direct or play it long to a striker, try and get hold of the ball in midfield or from the striker and then play it out wide where there's they'll try and they might get the, the fullback on and then get it into the box. That's pretty much all there was to it really. They weren't anything more than that that we saw. Uh out of possession then, so I'll have a little chat about this one. So, like you said, they were uh, they were very much similar to Jesse Marsh, which will delight you all. But yet, yeah, definitely counter pressy rather than pressy. And what what I mean by that, if for those of you that don't know, is more when they lost the ball, they pressed very immediately to try and regain the ball from their whatever rest events. There wasn't a massive sort of rest events that we saw, but they. Yeah, tried to regain the ball quickly after losing possession. There wasn't a lot of press involved, so yeah, they they kind of dropped back into a a mid block after that, and then were sort of didn't really engage until the middle third of the pitch. And even then, they, it wasn't a strong press. They were just kind of sort of closing people down. They did play quite a high line though, get um to aid the counter press. And the, the other thing that was. Yeah, to help with the counter press. We we did spot a couple of times, didn't we, that they were quite narrow in midfield, similar to what we saw with Leeds last year. But maybe maybe it's victim to a couple of the same issues we saw with Leeds last year. That if you you play the ball out wide, then you're stretching the pitch, and then you struggle to get that counter press working effectively. Mm-hmm. So I feel like a lot of it, the out of possession stuff, might feel quite familiar from what we've seen. They saw over Marshes. 18 months rain was it or no probably 12 months rain wasn't it in the end but is there anything you want to add there Martin I think you've covered it all pretty well there um, yeah pretty standards press nothing really which concerned me um, we tried to watch games where we was playing against opposition who were expected to be more ball dominant so we watched games against Galatasaray and against um, Fenerbahce and the press wasn't really anything to worry about just like like you mentioned where when they did lose the ball, they did try to win it back straight away. Um, but yeah, it didn't look anything too fancy. No hybrid marking system didn't in play, or like John likes nothing. Yeah. N- nothing too out of this world. Pretty standard, really. Yeah. With that in mind, then, so I'll I'll move on to where they could potentially be hurt. So if we can beat their their counter press, we can maybe hurt them before they're getting to settle possession so either if they're running back towards their towards their goal if we can get past their press I think that's a, a good opportunity for us and then the other thing is because it was it was a, a pretty noticeable high line but with the press being pretty not passive is not the right word but not, not anything special and the, count, the counter pressing again not being anything special we could potentially get our wingers in behind quite easily and then have them running back towards their goal and potentially get a crossing or get a cut back in. I think that's something that we might see quite a lot, especially with someone like Dan James, who that is something that if if he's good at anything, he's good at that, isn't he? Getting in behind a, a high line. So Indeed. fingers crossed, that's something we can see on next Sunday. Any anything else you want to add to that, Martin? I think mainly we we should be looking to hurt them when we have the ball. Um, in my opinion, I think that we should be able to play our way around that whatever whatever press they put in 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 play against us. We shouldn't have any issues with that, and I think we just have to 
keep doing what we've been doing in these preseason games, getting a lot of rotations going, so it's hard for them to track who's where, which will make if they've got if they do try to man mark one one particular person, it could make things more space open up, especially in midfield areas if they are getting a bit compact there, and. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think that is one thing we can do is try to make sure we're spreading play a lot, trying to f- focus on the similar issues which Jesse Marsh had with his counter-pressing style was that it would leave space naturally over the other side. So I think that is something which we can look to do. Um, yeah, I think that is something we've definitely we should look to try to get a winger one-on-one with their, one of their full-backs because I don't really rate many of their defenders against the attackers we've got. I think we should be able to be pretty much more dominant than what, what they will be in those sort of situations, that we should be able to be looking to get past their full-backs and getting in crosses into dangerous areas. That's where I think we can hurt them. Yeah, you'd think we'd have too much quality, really, to what we can play through their press and then our wingers, like you say, should be able to get at their defenders. Um, and because they didn't really sit in, did they, even when they, they were a team, so like a team like Galatasaray had to settle possession, so, yeah, we might hopefully don't see the issues of having to break down a low block. It might, it might just be that they end up getting to that sort of stage because there's there's none of it's working. But I'm hoping that's not they're not going to come. I don't think and sit there and try and soak up possession. Let's move on to where where they might hurt us then. So, what have you got any thoughts on this, Martin? Well, yeah, there's something which has been an issue for some of Farkas' sides in the past, which has been. Um rest defence and not um, sometimes have it not properly set, maybe not having enough men back. So if they do leave some men forward, if they leave at least uh, like three men forward, then that could be an issue if we, if we do, if our attack breaks down and we don't win the ball back, then they could look to attack us. Um, and that's probably the main way that they, they will look to create chances, really. I think that'll be what will be their plan is to try to keep bodies in, in advanced areas that they can quickly get the ball to directly and trying to have one player really wide well, so put it over to one side and then whip it over to the other side that's something we saw a lot from uh, his side in the Turkish league so I do think that's probably what they'll look to do with us as well try to get one of our full backs one on one not like I'm, they've got anyone really I think there was who, who was that player who we mentioned last night Callum Robinson? That's it, yeah. Callum Robinson, I think he's the main one who I think maybe could be able to hurt us a little bit. He's a bit tricky and he's not the fastest player, but he's, he can still cause problems if he does get one-on-one with a defender, I think. So that's always something to keep an eye on. And also, I think if if we do say with what we've been doing and having the left-sided fullback inverted, that could leave extra space for a winger on their right side, if that is where Callum Robinson is and if Yelde is um, tucked in a bit and we lose the ball in the midfield area and can quickly get him onto the ball, that could be another way that they could look to hurt us. And of course, since he has um, played with set pieces in the past and created a lot of chances through them, I think that's something which we'll also have to be wary of, is set pieces, making sure we're getting people around their their biggest guys. I'm not not really sure of their centre-backs and how dangerous they are, but... Uh, it's a side which has been managed by Neil Warnock, so it's possible that in relatively recent history that they do have um, a big guy there who can knock a ball into the net with his head. So that's that's the main main thing I think where they might be able to hurt us. Yeah, I think the the only thing I'd add to that maybe is that I don't think the personnel that we have 
deal with being attacked at directly. And if that's either they manage to bypass our higher press and then start running at our defence, or if they sort of get get the ball back uh, due to counter pressing and trans- transition on us that way. Yeah, I don't think our players generally deal with that because they don't like running back towards their own goal, which no, no, very few defenders do really, and we're not the, the speediest bunch, are we? Um, no. Defense, defensive wise, and yeah, they, like you said, it's the aerial threat as well from their centre backs, and I don't know if they have a big lump up front, but they, that's another thing that I think if we might struggle with. But for, for Strauch's been fairly good on that front in re, uh, friendlies, I think you said Martin, so maybe it might be something that we can rely on him for. But the rest of the defenders. Probably not as much, I'd say. Yeah, I'd probably agree. Um, I, th- I think Liam Cooper is, pr- is pretty strong area as well, but he's always, obviously, he can get a bit too touch-tight with defenders at times, and he has been prone to giving away penalties in those sort of situations, so he's, as long as he doesn't get too handsy. But, of course, one thing as well which will help us in this particular moment is there will be no VAR. In, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, what, what a joy. <laughs> yeah, so that's going to be a, f- a fun little thing for us this this season and more seasons when we manage to get out of this league. But yeah, so no, no VAR, so maybe Cooper could get away with being a little bit handsy and not 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 getting spotted on the VAR checks. So yeah, um, I think we should should be relatively okay with set pieces. Like like you mentioned, um, Pascal Strauch has looked good. Um, aerially across these last few games, I've been paying pay attention to that in particular, and he was just being really dominant in in defending the box. And anything that came in, he was knocking it straight out. So I'm hoping that is that bodes well for the season coming, and that he can continue on this good form that he's had over the over the summer because he's been good. It's <laughs> always a nice thing. Absolutely. Next next kind of point on Cardiff. Then, so we've we've hinted that there was uh, the answer we're going to give for this. Then, but which player do you think we need to look out for? And in in the future, when I ask this question, this could either be a player we need to be scared of, or a player that's so bad we should just attack him. But what what's your answer to this one, then, Martin? Yeah, Callum Robson is one of the ones who do, who does stand out as being a player who can create for them. Um, last season, he had five goals and six assists um, from an xG of six point three and expected assists of two point seven. So he's he's done quite well. Of he's maybe slightly underperformed his xG, but the Expected assist is slightly off form, so it could mean that his weight of pass is particularly good, which aids any strikers who are coming onto it. Another player who is a bit deeper, who I think we should should watch out, is, is um, Romain Sawyers. I think he's very good at, at carrying the ball, and that is something which could be, be a problem for us. Although I do feel confident in um, Ethan Ampadu in defending against him running through the middle, so that's another player who... I think we could be looking out for. Also, Shea Ojo. Um, I think did they have him permanently? I'm not sure. Sure on, but yeah, he former Liverpool player, and yes, he didn't do a right lot last season, to be honest. But who knows? He's another player who I think did have high potential at one point in the past. So possibly able to carry the ball from deeper areas a bit more. I don't do know if his numbers for those is quite decent. So that's another player to potentially watch out for. Um, just looking at the rest of their side, there's no one really who stands out who I would be massively threatened by, to be honest. Yeah, when I was looking last night, there wasn't a lot that scared me really, but that might end up being famous last words. <laughs> it is Cardiff after all, and athlete fans, we all know. We all know how 
random no, do nothing players do well against us when they're playing for Cardiff. So yeah, who knows? Welcome back to the championship. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Let's just hope that curse can be put to bed. Last thing on Cardiff, then. So normally at this point in the se- um when we go through the season, I will we'll try and hazard a guess at a predicted lineup if we've not been given one already. As it's only pre-season we went to base on, I just had a look through all the matches that Cardiff have played and see if I could work out what, what it could possibly be. Like like Martin hinted earlier, uh, Bullock does kind of play uh, 4-2-3-1 or 3-4-3. I saw that in uh, formation um, in both both those formations during pre-season, so could see either of those. In terms of the personnel... The, the, it changed wildly from match to match and there wasn't really a pattern of like a stronger team and a weaker team so I'm just going to say I don't know and I'm not even going to hazard a guess at a lineup because I'm, I'd probably get it wrong and it's not going to be any good for anyone it just it definitely felt like a manager trying to work out his, his best 11 so there'll, be, there'll probably be some of the names that we mentioned that we'll see in there but the players around that don't know and I'm, I'm not going to try and guess no, that's perfectly fair. I wouldn't be able to hazard too much of a guess other than mentioning some players who played a fair bit last season. So yeah. maybe they could be the core of the squad who played a lot. I mean, you've got uh, Ryan Wintle. Never heard of him, but he played 44 times for them last season. As did uh, Ryan Alsop, who had 43 games. Perry and G, I think former Spurs defender. So he could be playing Cedric Zipra, uh, Callum O'Dowda, Marlon Romeo. Andy Renamoto, Renamoto even, and Jaden Filigy and Bidace. So yeah, there's sort of a fair few names who could feature from last season, but it's a new manager for them, so who knows who's going to be favoured and who isn't. So yeah, we'll just have to vibe it and wait and see. Absolutely. Anything else on Cardiff there, Martin, or should we have a talk about Leeds' approach to this game? No, I can't think of anything else to add really on Cardiff. Um, yeah, get on to Leeds. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Cool. So question one on analyzing leads then. So how do we predict leads will set up in possession for this game, uh, both structurally and tactically? And is there, is there anything we might see them specifically do uh, for this game? So I guess because we've not seen them play already, Martin, it might be useful maybe to kind of give a bit of a recap on what we might see from Fark and if there's anything that from his former teams that we've seen in preseason that you might see against Cardiff. Uh, yeah, we'll give a, a quick rundown of um, the way that Farker has set up 
his previous teams and what we've seen so far, which parallels with that. Um, so he's m- most often played a four-two-three-one um, for most of the sides that he's been at, um, at Norwich and uh, Gladbach. So yeah, it's generally four-two-three-one with a double pivot in midfield, attacking midfielder, normal wingers, and striker flat back four. Um, however, it changes a little bit in possession and out of possession. You, you generally see more of a double pivot when we're defending, when they're defending and not on the ball. But then when it's when we're in possession, you generally find one of these two midfielders in the double, double pivots will drop a little, little bit deeper, becoming the sole defensive midfielder, and the attacking midfielder will drop a little bit deeper to play alongside the other central midfielder. So it ends up being a 4-3-3, how it looks in possession. And there has been a lot of parallels with that and what I've, I've seen in the preseason games. Um, however, there has been a bit of a difference that I think Fark has adapted to recently, um, which is more of a, his press has changed. It wasn't it was like a four-two-three-one press, so it would, would be one striker pressing with three three attacking midfielders, well, wingers, whatever you have behind. But it's been more of a four-four-two press that he's been having, kind of a mid-block four-four-two. So you you've been having whoever was the attacking midfielder joining the striker to press. Uh, on occasions, it would look maybe even like a four-two-four press. So sometimes you would have the wingers pushing up on, on onto the fullbacks, um, but usually it has been looking more like four-four-two. With some moments where it is, like I said, four-two-four. So it's with a four pressing unit rather than the front two. And then in regards to the defenders uh, on the fullback sides, uh, you, we've generally been seeing a lot of the left back. Inverting, which is what Fark did a lot for at Norwich. He had Jamal Lewis inverting there. And on the right side, you have a fullback who is generally staying pretty wide. You generally find that he has one person who's holding width on both sides of the pitch. So he doesn't like to have both fullbacks holding width. And it generally will be one of the fullbacks who holds width and the winger on the other side will hold width. So with us, we've had Ailing has been holding width on the right side. With whoever has been the right right winger um, dropping deeper and getting more narrow, so that's what a lot of people refer to as the Buendia role, which is what's something which he made famous for. Their Norwich side is just a superb footballer, and that's what I think we've seen from a few different players who have been dropping deeper and getting pretty heavily involved in build-up play, which is something that you do see a lot from Farkas wingers on that side. And then on the other side, we've had um, Leo Hilde, who has not been as wide. He's been inverting a lot in early build-up. So you kind of get like a three-person build-up with Hilde looking more like a left centre-back as, as as it progresses through. We've, we've had Dan James, who's been holding width on the left, which is a bit strange to me because I would have expected him to be better holding width on the right since he is right-footed. But that's just what we've seen, and... I'm not going to question that, even though it seems strange, strange to me, but we'll see how it works out as the season goes on and whether that does stay. But it has been Dan James who's been playing a lot on the left, and so I expect that should stay the same. Then up front, you generally he likes to have someone who is capable of running beyond the centre-backs and pinning them back so that they've got people to worry about. But they don't always stay pinning centre-backs. Um, when he had Norwich, he would have um, Timu Puki, who would drop deeper on, on, on occasion and receive the ball and play layoffs and carry the ball on occasion. So he wouldn't only look to run past the centre-backs through the middle. He would also on occasion go between the 
have a left or right centre back between the full back and latch onto balls that way as well and linking up play with the whichever winger is on the side that that is. So there's a lot more differences depending on the way he wants to do it and I don't think we really have one who can do both of those things. I think we've got Bamford who is good at pinning centre-backs and finding space in that sort of way. He's pretty much your standard centre-forward in that, that aspect. But he's not really got too much of a ball carry to his name. He does see it every now and again, but it's not something that you associate with Patrick Manford. But whereas with um, Jorginho Ruta, who's the other player who we've seen playing as a forward in these games, he does have a lot of carry into his, to his game. So he's been doing a bit more of that and less of the pinning of the centre-backs. So it's a bit interesting as to how the striker position is going to go because we're all also looking to bring someone else in. So, yeah, um, I think... That'll probably be how we will look to do it against Cardiff. I can't see him changing formation. It's been four-two-three-one um, out of possession, four-three-three in possession. So I think that's how it will be against Cardiff. Yeah, in in, in possession wise, then do you think there's there's not anything specifically you'd expect to change from what we've seen in pre-season for for the, this game in particular? I can't expect anything different tactically. Um, it seems a lot of similar things have been happening throughout all the games, and I would expect that to continue. There was a little bit of a difference when Sam Byron was playing as left-back, whereas he wasn't as inverted as what Leo Hilde was. was. He was um, getting a little bit wider than what Hilde was, but that could just be because he's a full-back naturally, so he's used to playing in the wider spaces, And whereas Hilde is a centre-back naturally, so that he's more used to playing centrally. So it could just be their own traits rather than what Fark's asking them to do. But since I've seen that on the left-back area with... Jamal Lewis being inverted, that's just how I was kind of expecting Fart to approach this one, considering we have a player like Leo Helde who will be more naturally used to being in those sort of areas inverted rather than hugging the touchline like most fullbacks generally do. So yeah, I think it will pretty much stay as we've seen over pre-season. Very comprehensive then. So what what about on the out-of-possession side? What what have you noticed from pre-season and Falk's previous teams that we might see in this game? Yeah, out-of-possession, um, I think I mentioned a little bit of this in the last bit, probably me jumping the gun there, but um, it's a, been a 4-4-2 press, which has been employing. Um, it's not a high press as such, it's more of a mid-block, and I wouldn't say an excessively aggressive mid-block. It's just a pretty standard mid-block with moments of high-pressing on occasion, and I think in certain in the second half, especially, I've seen more pressing than the first half. So that could just be something which he does if maybe they're behind, or not behind, sorry, um, not winning from the first half. So maybe he looks to be a bit more aggressive in the second half to try to provoke stuff and try to win the ball higher up on occasions. And that's pretty similar to what he did with Norwich and with Gladbach. It wasn't an overly aggressive press. It was more of a mid-block with them as well. And the I did see the four four two press on occasion with Gladbach, so it could be something that he's worked on like at Gladbach and he's been and he's brought it into us as well rather than the four two three one press. So yeah, that I think that will probably be what we'll see will be us pressing in the four four two shape, sometimes the four two four if we want to press a bit more aggressively. And I'm guessing similar to the last uh, the in possession stuff, we're not expecting anything to really change specifically for this game. No, I wouldn't expect it to. There's nothing in Cardiff's shape which would make me think that it'll suddenly change. I don't, I don't think really know. I don't think he ever really changed his press much in past clubs, depending on the opposition he's playing. He has generally kept it pretty much the same, so I would expect it to 
stay that and be consistent with what he's been using over preseason. Very good. Next uh, next point then. So similar to the question we asked about the opposition. So Cardiff, is there a player from Leeds you can see having a big impact on this game? So again, this can be a player that you expect to be played very well in this game or a player that you expect to have a stinker. I've, which I've, I'm hoping we never have to say, but you, you never know. The, the, I kind of hinted at my, one of my answers to this earlier. So I think Strout, because we're expecting Cardiff to go direct to a to a, um, a target man and bomb a lot of crosses in. I'm thinking Strout to cover that aerial threat from yeah the direct play and the crosses and hopefully help neutralise the set pieces a bit. So uh, another player that you'd you'd mention here, Martin? Well, I was really impressed with um, uh, Somerville in in the game today. I really liked what he was doing on the ball. He was just quite direct at times, really getting us forward on the, on, on the right side. And yeah, I just really liked what he was doing. And I think he could be able to pose problems for Cardiff. I don't think they have a lot of pace in their back line. And that is something that Somerville does possess in bounds. But he not only has pace, he just, he's just so good with his close control of his feet. It's just, yeah, it's just, I was really impressed with it today. And so that's something that I think could really cause Cardiff problems is, is him. And... I th- yeah, it's Sinister, of course, he's the same. I think, but I think all of our attacking players ca- can be a problem for any of the Cardiff defenders. I think most of them will struggle with the attackers that we've got, no matter who it is. Obviously, we're not sure who's going to be the striker yet. Um, it depends on if either of Bamford or Ruta are going to be fit for the game. But yeah, the, of the ones who are definitely going to be available, um, both both our wingers, Sinister and, and some of them are always a problem. I think I mentioned Dan James as a threat, but if you can get me behind earlier as well, which I never thought I'd say, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna run with it and hope I'm right. But I'm sure my patience for him will, will run out eventually. No, to to be fair to Dan James, he has been pretty good in preseason. Um he's been putting in quite a few decent crosses and he hasn't been messing up attacks quite as often as what we saw in the past. It could just be the strength of opposition that is obviously the last two games haven't been as strong and he did look particularly good against Hearts, and like I said, he had a goal disallowed, which was quite a good finish as well. Um, but yeah, it's always a, po- a possibility that he could be a, be a thorn in the side of any fullback because of the amount of pace that he's got to his game. Like at this level, pace is king. <laughs> it can really so quickly change uh, an outcome. Just having that extra bit of running power to get you by your fullback. I think the only other players that I'd want to mention here are. What I expect to be the double pivot, I'm, I'm jumping the gun on the, the predicted Lionel question a bit here, but I think the double pivot will be uh, Gray and Ampadu. And I think if they, the t- potentially for the way that we might, we expect Cardiff to play, if they, they might be pr- um, pressed quite a lot in the middle third, but also uh, potentially counter-pressed if we, if we win the ball back in those areas. So I think the, I would hope to see them be able to retain possession pretty comfortably. And also they might have to deal with just quite direct attacks and players running through them so I think it'll be a bit of a test because they're both quite young and great especially as it might be something that he's just not used to so it'd be, it'd be interested to see how he, he deals with that one yeah I'd agree that is going to, because it does seem like it is going to be great who starts this game and although I do have very high hopes for him he is still very young and this league can be tough and no matter the style it can be very physical and I do think he should be able to handle it Um but it is still something to keep an eye out. I think his strengths are better in possession than out of possession. So that is a 
potential area of weakness is him, but I do think Ampadu should give a lot of good cover in those counter-pressing moments when they do try to counter-press. He has looked quite good when he's been put under pressure over pre-season. He's probably one of been our, been our, one of our standout players in the last few games since he, since he's joined. And although I think it will be will be tough if they do counter-press effectively, I, th- I think Ampadu should have enough about him to handle that, I think. Let's move on to the predicted lineup then. So I guess we're expecting it to be mostly to the same as what we saw against Hearts today. I think obviously the striker situation might be something that changes, but apart from that, mostly the same? Yeah, I would say so. I would probably expect Melier to play this game as well because he's played every game so far since he's come back from his pre-season holiday because he was away a bit late, wasn't he, with um, France on the 21s. And right back, I would expect it to stay ailing. I think Drame either has a knock or possibly he's been sold because he just didn't, I didn't seem to notice anything bad in the game we thought before he apparently got injured and he's suddenly yeah. injured. But So that's a possibility that he may not be involved. Um, and we've had uh, Jamie Shackleton who's been covering at f- fullback when Ailing comes off, but I do think it will be Ailing who starts. I can't see Jamie Shack starting. Then in defence... I would probably expect Cooper and Strauch to stay as the centre-back pairing. It's not ideal, but if you're going to have someone at right centre-back who is left-footed, I would rather it was Strauch because he's actually really good with his weak foot. As I would say, he's pretty two-footed, so I don't have any concerns about him being a, a right centre-back in this game. I think he'll be fine. And then left-back. That's the only one I'm not too sure on because um, Sam Byram has played, but he's not currently contracted to the club is he so it's a yeah, slight yeah. issue there yeah exactly <laughs> obviously that can easily change and they can sure they can whip up a contract for him relatively quickly if they think that they're going to need him for the season and for what it's worth I, I wouldn't have too much of an issue with giving him a contract and as long as it is as a backup at left back and right back then that would be fine just a bit of that added depth and but I do expect it, it just should be Leo Hilde who starts because he's been the most impressive one out of the two. So that's what I would hope. And then in midfield, Ampadu and Gray is probably the one who I would say is most likely. Possible Jamie Shackleton alongside uh, Ampadu, because he has played a fair bit in midfield as well. So he's been going across different positions. So that is a possibility. He's got a bit more of experience in the league, so it's possible that Gray may start on the bench and he has Shackleton in. But it depends how impressed he's been with Gray, because I've been quite impressed with him. He's been handling the preseason quite well. Obviously preseason isn't as intense as normal league football. So it just depends how he feels that he's going to cope with that added pressure. Um but I would be okay with him starting personally. And then going further forward, the wingers that's one where I'm not hundred percent sure on. because um, Dan James has been starting a lot on the left and I would probably expect him to start again. And then on the right right side it's either going to be Sinistera or or Somerville. I'm not sure which one it's going to be. They both had the moments of being good over preseason, so it just depends who he who he prefers. And he could even play either of those two as the attacking midfielder. So we could see all three of them. So I think we're I'm not sure who else would really be Nonto. Yeah, Nonto could, but he's he's been playing mainly off the bench as for yeah. the past few years. So I'm not, I'm not sure if he's a guaranteed starter. And it also depends on his situation about being sold as well. There's just been Everton who have been looking into him and possibly Crystal Palace as well. I think he could be a player who would work well for Palace with their current 
situation because uh, is it Alise has been linked with Man City. Being linked with City, is and Zaha's obviously left, so yeah, they could do a player like that. Yeah, exactly. So Nonto could be one who could be on his way out, so possibly he doesn't start. So and then up front, who knows? Depending on the injuries, um, it could be Matty Joseph, who Matteo Joseph, who plays up front, and he's not. It's not been bad in preseason. It's also not been good. I think it's just been generally average overall, well, from what I've seen from him. But he was obviously really impressive last year in the under twenty ones. And so, if he if he was to be trusted to keep giving a go, I would expect him to do well. I think he is better as a as a striker. And when he has been brought on, he's been used as a left winger, which is quite strange. But he has played it there at the other occasion for the for the twenty one. So. Who knows who we'll see up front. We've got a few other players who could play there. Nonto's played up front before as a Sinistera. So there's a few different options who we could see. Obviously, also Dan James. He has also played up front. Please no. <laughs> I would rather not. Um, he's been effective on the wing. Let's just leave him there and put one of the other guys up front. So yeah, that would be what I would prefer. Do you see anything different to that? No, I think if you've... Like I said, I think it'd be mostly the same as last week and anything that might be a change... I've either said already or you've you've mentioned as a possibility, so can't see can't see anything outside of um of that really. Let's move on to the final two questions then. So we're gonna start talk, thinking about the game a bit more generally. So with what we've said about both teams, Martin, what do you expect this game of football when we're watching it to look like? So uh, I would expect us to be quite ball dominant. I would expect us to have much more of the ball than what Cardiff does and Cardiff may try to press us high in the opening stages, and I think maybe that will lessen as the half goes on. I wouldn't imagine, unless he's been having them under a really intense pre-season and he's like wanting to change to a really intense press, more, more so than what he's shown in previous clubs, I would expect that's what he'll start as. Uh, they'll look to try to attack us in transition, and we'll look to try to craft chances through our ball possession, which is such a nice thing to be able to say about Leeds United. I have forgotten what crafting chances through ball possession is like. Thank you. Thank you, Jesse Marsh. Thank you. And his legacy lives on. <laughs> um, yeah, that's about all I can really say. We'll, we will keep all the ball. They will try to get win it off us and attack quickly. That's what I think. Yeah, completely the same. Yeah, I think it'll be if they, they'll just go direct and try and get the ball up, like we've mentioned already, and then get us direct if they either that, that way or through counter-pressing. So, final question then, the one that we always t- tend to end with. Where do you think this game will be won or lost, Martin? So, it's going to be a tough on this. I, th- I think it depends a lot on us on the ball for me, um, whether we are able to create enough chances and not turn over the ball in dangerous situations, like where we're transitioning between defence and midfield, and if we've got a few players committed forward and we give the ball away around the halfway line, that could prove very difficult for us. So if they are able to counter-press as well and get the get the ball off us in those sort of situations, then we could hand the game to them, um, really. So it's I think it's as much on us as it is on them. We need to make sure that we are precise in possession and not being sloppy when we've got the ball. We have generally been good in in that aspect over pre-season, so I'm hoping that will continue and that we should be able to get this job done. But it is Cardiff. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that's about all I can say about that. Maybe set pieces could come into play if we can defend our set pieces a bit better than what they attack them. Um, I don't. We haven't really 
threatened massively from set pieces ourselves, so I'd mainly be their set pieces I'm referring to here, and making sure that we're getting our hands on it and any threats and making sure we're heading the ball out very quickly and possibly even transitioning from attacks ourselves from, from their set pieces. So, yeah, that's going to be another big part of them. The only thing I've said um, on top of that is their aerial threat, so from set pieces, but also I don't know if they have a lump of a striker or not, but someone that, if they're going to be bombing crosses in or going direct, some, there might be someone that we need to contain. Yeah. But my, my main thing that I think can be one of losses. And I'm, this is probably going to be famous last words. I think we should just have too much quality for them. I'm, I'm probably going to look like an idiot in about <laughs> 10 days' time, but we should, we should just be better than them, shouldn't we? We should. I, I think from from watching those games with you last night, I think I felt better about it because I just didn't think they were... If the manager just played that, that same way, I just it didn't. there wasn't anything there that really scared me. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where I'm happy to end it. Is there anything you want to add about the Cardiff game? No, I think we've covered everything, so we look forward to a 1-0 loss to Cardiff on Sunday. Yeah, I think that, I mean, we've, we've tried to be a bit more comprehensive with the, the um, preview, and I think for considering a team that we didn't know a lot about two days ago, I think we've been fairly comprehensive. So I hope we turn out right, because if not, then we've just chatted for 55 minutes about Errol Bula, really, haven't we? And yeah. Daniel Farg. <laughs> oh, well, we've learned about a manager that we didn't know about before. It's progress. Yeah. Yeah, and you you all have now as well because you, if you're still here, you've you've learned the same as what we know. <laughs> Amazing. So at this point, I am well. First of all, if you are listening to this game, this podcast before this coming Saturday, then thank you for subscribing to the Patreon. We massively appreciate the support. Um, we've got some other articles coming out, and obviously the pods, um, extra pods that we're doing. But yeah, for, for we've had quite a lot of support in the first week and we just yeah really appreciate it so thank you to all of you that have signed up if you are listening to this get um after saturday then you might be a patron but if not we would encourage you to join the patron you can get these preview podcasts early along with um, additional stuff additional pods uh, addition like articles so our, our, martin's put out an article on um some sort of scouting over the summer we mentioned on the last pod and I think you've got something coming up on Ampadu, haven't you? I do, yeah. It's pretty much finished. I'm just putting the finishing touches on it, so that should be out probably before the Cardiff game, to be honest. So, yeah, that's something else to look forward to soon. Yeah, so either you can see this already or you can catch this just before the Cardiff game. So, um depends on if you've signed up already or not. But if you haven't signed up there's and you want some more information, I think I've put it as the pinned tweet on our Twitter account, so you can find it there. Or you can go to patreon.com slash ASAW Patreon. We will be back next week with a card review on the main feed and then a Birmingham preview, which we released early on our Patreon and then 24 hours before the game on the main feed. But until then, I will say thank you to Martin. Thank you very much, Tom. And I'll say thank you to all for listening. Bye. (laughs) 